0: Here, get your ass set, baby. Get <laughs> your ass set. We did an interview.
1: It's the Lakeland Sports Guys coming to you from Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood where the special today, the twice-baked potato with a ribeye steak sandwich, Uh, absolutely delicious if you get a chance to. Uh, I will say the pastrami sandwich is also pretty doggone good. Uh, have gotta try that too.
0: I'm worried about you because I <laughs> I fought for the campaign to name the sandwich to fifty two and,
1: and then I changed every don't even. Then, well yeah. you can't
0: eat the same sandwich every time. <laughs> That's our Friday night specialty by the way, so but um It'll be uh, be awesome to be back at dough. you know, at Howard's on Main does a great job, his staff's great. Um, they're getting ready for their happy hour. Uh, as we head out, they've probably got a band tonight. They've got a big band, Magic, tomorrow night, if you can come out. Um, and, it's, you know, it's football Friday for the first time in a while. It's game week. It's one a day, day away. away. It, 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 it's week one to me. I'm just <laughs> right, well, I know it, what you're going to tell me. But.
2: Well, I think we got 18 days before college kicks off. But, uh, yep. you know, this is week zero for the high, high schools.
1: schools. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be interesting. We got interviews with Coach Liner, also with Tad DeBose over at Emerald. So um, I'll give you this heads up. Week zero, he's got a little information that I think you're going to like (laughs) concerning week zero and what's going on uh, when we had a chance to talk with him. with all that and everything else that's happened. So we'll we'll get into that. Uh, of course, we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on as far as getting ready for the games tomorrow. There are a ton of them here and around the Lakelands. We've got some big ones that we need to talk about. 96 and Emerald is one of them. Uh, Abbeville-McCormick, uh, you know, those probably are the two that I would say would be a game of the week if we had to choose one. AC Flora and Greenwood is an intriguing matchup and we'll dive into that a little bit as well. But
2: we still haven't got the roster for AC Flora, so I don't know <laughs> if they've got a team and if they come into to play us. They may be forfeiting the we, game. I've done
1: everything but drive down there to get it. Um you know, I, I am that may be next if I can't. <laughs> Get it by five o'clock today. I may drive down there and see if I can't just meet Coach in the locker room or something of that nature. But we'll we'll get it eventually. I, 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 I got my tomorrow right. y'all,
3: <laughs>
0: y'all just gotta get the old roster out and just see whoever was a junior last year they playing. Uh, <laughs> poor JV team don't get
2: moved well, up by well, this. Well, the thing
1: about it, though, they might hit the transfer
2: portal, so you don't know if they're going to be there or not. Or You're just, right.
1: Just use the numbers from last year's roster and, and go from there. That's
0: what I did, really. I just took. I know that the starting quarterback is Heath Moser. I can tell you that. He's wearing model number 13. Uh,
2: that was last year. This year he, no, might, no, be, no, he no. might be wearing number seven.
0: Last year was number 19 who had ties okay. to green with Carew Bates who did graduate, Markel Townsend, a running back that was so great, graduated, Chris Lofton. I mean, this team lost at a lot of guys, and yet they're still ranked number two <coughs> in the Midlands, and they're oh, ranked six. like sixth in the state, and we can't get a roster, and there's no publication out talking about Florida. Come
2: on. I mean, <laughs> they may not have a
1: team. Well, uh, I, I tell you, this, I've gone even as far as calling the state, and the state doesn't have a roster yet either. So
0: The state doesn't also have a preview show either, so that's kind of surprising <laughs> to me. Maybe maybe I found my next call, and maybe we just need to have a publication out there like Max Prep used to be where we deal just strictly with South Carolina football. I get calls from Georgia and North Carolina too, but I don't know those, and I don't care. Um, but I, it needs to be a, a publication out there that's diligent, that does it. S, uh, what is it? Channel 7? Mm-hmm. SPA or whatever it is? They do a pretty good show. YFF does a pretty good show. But you can't go to – I swear I hadn't gone to the TV stations in Columbia yet to see.
1: I'll check those when we get done or okay. as we go along and see if they got roster. <laughs> Let me know. I, I doubt it. They'll probably have uh, – Who's replacing who? But we're going to dive into all of that, and uh, we'll run down the list of things that are going on. I got some information, too, concerning college um, with what's going on. You know, Clemson had their final uh, scrimmage of the year, and uh, evidently the – Second team, third team did a lot better this time in the scrimmage, so we'll dive into that a little bit. I've got some information concerning the defense uh, at Carolina uh, with the preseason camp that's been going on and how it's going. We've got an update from uh, yesterday's practice to go along with that uh, from the players, of all things, not the coaches, but from the players. They're happy, man. They're (laughs) they're getting paid (laughs) to do it (laughs) (laughs) now. They are. They're paid professionals. That's uh, part of their deal. Employees. And see what happens. Um, uh, you know, you got the NIL thing. Stan's got the ladies' portal, softball uh, uh, and the portal issue that's going on. Mine is the transgender thing and what's going on. I told you that swimming was going to lead the way back, what, about a year ago? Uh-huh. Uh, maybe six months ago. That swimming was going to lead the way. Well, World Aquatics announced <laughs> that they made a major decision involving transgender athletes uh, at this year's World Cup that's going to be held in Berlin come October, by the way. Um, first time ever they're going to have an open category strictly for the transgenders Uh, it's basically the 50 meter and the 100 meter in each of the four strokes butter, back, breast and free um, that is there and maybe the IM uh, will be added in the 500 some of those will be added later on but they're the first group to actually kind of lead the way and we'll see what happens with this. If if the transgenders are truly serious about competing and, and this is their opportunity to show up and show the world that hey we want our own Uh, group that's there and this will be their opportunity to kind of expose that and show the world that hey we can do this and it'd be in softball and a bunch of other areas as well
0: I watched you know watching the news last night it's nothing usually but about you know Maui and everything going on in Hawaii our prayers are there with those people as well but um, I saw Roy Cooper who's the governor of North Carolina had passed the bill with the transgender stuff for sports to where you were you know you weren't like you know if you were born in a certain part that's where you play it um (laughs) The North Carolina High School League, and I'm going to call the guy Jamal Singleton, whoever runs that up there, (laughs) they've appealed, and it was overturned yesterday by the North Carolina Senate. Mm -hmm. It's been overturned now because of the LBQBJ or whatever you want to call these groups. Uh, They've got another push in to where – so just because one state gets it across doesn't mean it's not going to turn around and be appealed by, you know, your – Governing parties, your senates, and your representatives in each one of your state's houses or whatever, because it was done yesterday. And I just, like I said, I started texting you and say, Man, no. But I knew I'd, it was. you didn't need to be upset on a Wednesday, but I say. <laughs> but that kind of stuff just, it just, it befuddles me that as Americans, or even as Christians, that we allowed this, that we allowed us to go on in a country that pretty much French has, uh, has speech has gotten out of hand. And I'm almost ready to say you know what let's not do that let's just put caps on everything you can say like you do me with, with my excessive language but um, freedom of speech is funny these days because everybody's got a right to say what they want but it looks like the ones that are with this crazy I can't say LBQBJ or whatever they have rights that I don't have how dare I come out and talk against this situation and to me, you know, it's just common-minded
1: people just don't have a say anymore. Well, the thing is now we've got folks that are stepping up. Uh, uh, Martina Natatilova in the tennis, she is stepping up. Um, even the ladies now that have lost in the weightlifting in the new world records, you know, the, the previous – world record holder she's speaking out along with um some other groups and we've got a lot of folks that are are starting to come out and say hey this isn't this isn't right um as a matter of fact the uh world chess association has come out and said that they're not going to allow transgenders and and that's a mental game oh yeah you know (laughs) it's not a physical aspect that's a (coughs) mental aspect of it um eventually i think we're going to see that uh with the formation of an open category or a, a different category of some kind, that they're going to have to be satisfied with this because the majority of the people, as vocal as they want to be, they can be the squeaky wheel. As vocal as they are now, they're starting to get other folks that are stepping up, including uh, politicians as well as celebrities and other folks.
0: We always wanted them politicians to get our our sports stuff solved. So, and I'm I'm even talking nil <laughs> yeah. stuff in high school now. But it, well, like I said, it's just a shame, and like I, I just it just It appalls me that that freedom of speech does exist and that logic is thrown out the window. And then it's like the inmates run the asylum, as you always hear. That's what we're at with that. Well,
2: I think, you know, it's an organized deal. So it doesn't matter what, you know, you can talk high school, college, pro, any sport you want to, those sports were started as a male or female sport. And those governing bodies have governed them that way. If you have a community of people that are transgender and they want to compete in whatever sport you want to talk about, let them come together over this nation under the free speech laws that we have, form their own organizations, run their own organizations, put on their swim meets, put on their track meets, put on their football games, softball games, whatever it is. Don't go crying on the shoulder of organizations that have been in existence for years wanting money because they've got their contract deal. You go get your contract deal with ABC, NBC, the four-letter network, whoever. Go get it. But you got to have an organization before you can go get it. And right now, it's just... Scattered here, there, and yonder. There's no, there's continuity. They make a color. loud voice,
1: but nobody's, nobody's doing
2: Nobody's doing anything, right? Somebody's got to get out and put the axe to the tree or yeah. put and, the shovel in the dirt. And that's what and you're talking digging about. Digging
0: With Martina and <laughs> and some of the other big wheels. But those are the ones that are out. saying,
2: you know, it should be separate. Mm-hmm. Okay, if the ones that are wanting to be swim. You know, the mm-hmm. transgender – get with all your buddies that want to swim. Form your own league. You don't have to, you know, go here and swim against these guys over here or these girls over here or whatever. Swim against each other. I mean, just like they're
1: doing. And and that's where I think that with with – this, you know, World Aquatics, and, and yeah. they're, they're leading the way and giving them an opportunity to have that voice. And if they don't show up for this. It's going to hurt them. It's going to hurt them. And so they, they need to take advantage of this, particularly but, on this big uh, of a stage. Now, is World Aquatics going
2: to go out and go to one of these networks and say, we've got this open category. We want it televised. How much can you pay us to televise it? you know, uh, so we can get some money back to these athletes. You know, we're just now getting women's soccer paid <laughs> to what the men's well, soccer team was. Yeah. You know, now you're you're entering into this world and you know the uh, thing is,
1: it, it, it's it's going to be televised. This this event is televised every single year. You just got to go through like <clears throat> ESPN twenty five to, f- to find it um, that is out there. So they, you know, it, it's it's going to be publicized for folks to see it that is out there. Um, and unfortunately, it's just mainly the swimming world that watches it. Well, and uh, I was going to say,
2: how many newspapers are you going to see the results? Yeah, in? you're not. You know, you're not. And the local TV stations, unless. There's somebody from that one little town that's swimming in that open league. They might get a report from whoever, and they might have a 15-second clip on it or something, but it, you know.
1: All right, so there, that's my little uh, update and, and uh, rant, and, uh, yeah. and I, I think <laughs> things are trending in the right direction, but uh, I knew the world of swimming. By the way, World's uh, Aquatics, formerly known as FINA, remember when FINA yeah. got in all kinds yeah. of trouble, they had to dissolve, and World's Aquatics took over that spot. So, um, But they're leading the, leading the way once again, much like USA Swimming, probably going to follow suit. Uh, I would imagine is a lot of the stuff that they are ending up doing. Now, I, will the NCAAs do it? I, you know, They're starting to crack down on a lot of other stuff, maybe. We'll see how that turns around. But uh, USA Swimming, which is age group oriented, um, has already put a stop to it and said, no, we're not going to be able to do that. We're not doing that. So will this change their mind? Will they have that open category? It's a possibility. We'll we'll take a look and see it, won't we? Look and see what's going mm-hmm. on. Um, we're going to get to the high school stuff here in a moment, but uh, you know, F- Clemson is again in the news. All this talk about ACC uh, going and leaving, uh, uh, along with Florida State leaving, and all of that, has been put on hold for the majority of the time, uh, mainly because there is a, a contractual agreement, I guess. Uh, you know, t- as far as them finding a way out of a deal uh, to find a new home where their plans have kind of been blown up in smoke. And basically what has happened is, um, according to Dennis Dodd, by the way, uh, I'm going to throw this out by, you know, from CBS Sports, he basically came out and said that uh, the ACC's ironclad grant of rights agreement won't allow such a movement to happen anyway. So that's you know where they're at as of right now. Got to wait for that contract to end, which is 20, 30, 2036. 36. So before they can end up making any changes or possibly even leaving in you know the ACC. I won't be
0: talking about it, would you, Gene? That's what thirteen years. <laughs> well, from now. well,
1: all so, I'm gonna say to that is uh,
2: I'm ready for the season to get started, so all this hoopla can be swept under the rug where it needs to be <laughs> because this is. Yep. It's, it's just a money grab by everybody involved, and I, I'm tired of listening to it. I've heard, oh, I've got it on from a, <laughs> an expert that Clemson will be in the SEC in 2025. I don't think that's going to happen. Not according to what you just read. Yeah, I, I just don't see it happening. It's, the time frame does not suit. Here's the deal. If Clemson...
0: Can afford it like we, we hear they can afford to yeah. do. If they were to take the money,
2: $300, what is it? Two three, hundred? It's $300 million to get out. So
0: if they take that money and they take it to the ACC office, or no, they take it to the SEC office and here, here's my money. Or certified cashier. 300
2: has got to get you out of the ACC, okay, then, so it's then you got to cost have, you another okay, three hundred yeah. to go in.
0: But here's the thing. If we're serious about doing this and we're not worried about money because you can get all yeah. this money from everybody else, go ahead and pay your way out. Yep. Now,
2: mm-hmm. we're
0: not. Nobody's gonna wait. Call Florida yep. State and say, "I need a partner. Yep. I'm about to go to a bank and get somebody to finance this, and you're going it with me. So yep. we're gonna get this done. If it can't be done now, do y'all really? I mean, if you're gonna wait 13 years for this to happen, is it really gonna come to fruition or not? I say it's not. I say by then you'll have a super conference like we've always thought, and you're gonna have your Big Ten studs. You're gonna have your SEC, Pack Four, Pack Twelve out right there now. They're about the Pack Four right now, but they're gonna dissolve. It'll be a super conference that's gonna be ACC if they're lucky. Gonna get brought into the fold with the, the rest of the guys because it's gonna be
2: a t- well instead of instead of the Power Five conferences and then everybody else. It's gonna be. The power conference mm-hmm. or conference two, mm-hmm. two conferences, and then everybody else. What? Which one of those are you striving to be into? Well, you got to look at the whole pie. You can't just take the football slice out and say, this is what we're offering, this is what we're good at, this is what we can do for you. you got to have the whole pie to sit on the table and say, this is what we're bringing to get into that big super conference because they're not going to want somebody that's, that just is pretty good in some one the sport. Time. They're going to want multiple sports. And uh, Clemson has had some success with their baseball program in years past, but here lately they have, And that's what it's going to be. What have you done for me lately? And once you go through the baseball, and then you get the girls' softball has produced something, you get to the men's basketball and, uh, what is it, the Big Ten that is going toward a basketball league now, mm-hmm. and they're going to look at Clemson and say, Clemson, you can't even win the ACC. How you expect to compete in basketball in our conference? Men's or women's, you know. Oh, yeah, okay, football. We'll be we can cut you a deal like we did with Notre Dame when Notre Dame came into the ACC. We'll let you play in here for football only, but it's going to cost you, you know, we're only going to pay you $10 million a year or something. <laughs> you can still keep getting your $30 million from the ACC.
0: Here's funny, because look what I just pulled up. You want to way out of this, stand? This is what you do if you're ACC commissioner. Notre Dame currently receives $26 million from the NBC, the Peacock Network, for those games. So right off the bat, if I'm the ACC commissioner, I say, all right, you're getting $26 mil from them. If you want to stay in every other sport, then you're going to bring me $10 million to the table for the rest of your sports and football, and you're going to be a part year of our league. Our league. league. Yeah. Our league. Yeah. Well, it just says by the end of the, this year's new contract, we're talking about $75 million. So that's by the December of this year. Mm. Uh, that's $75 million. So that 10 that you told them, raise it to 2025 because Mm -hmm. they're getting a raise. You might as well, too. That just never has made sense to me that they're allowed to play in every other sport, swim against us, do everything else. But football money, you can keep your own. That don't make sense. And that's where I think the commissioner really failed back in the day, not necessarily signing all the agreements he signed. He allowed a, a huge school in Notre Dame to come in because they didn't want to join any other one because they weren't allowed. Big Ten probably wanted exactly what I'm saying for them to join to play in the football and everything else. It would make sense member remember the Big Ten. They play everybody up there. Well,
2: Notre Dame was wanting to keep the money for themselves. And they have. They don't want to split it with everybody. And that's traditionally what they've done from day one. Uh, the question now is coming up is not this year, but next year, 2024. We're supposed to go to a 12-team playoff. Well, the Power Five schools – we're going to get the buys and the first-round games at home. You don't have the four Power Five conferences now. Unless you're going to count that Pac-10 that's got four, four people games. in it. <laughs> Are you going to let one of those teams come in? Because this is the whole rationale behind having the 12 teams is so we could get some of those West Coast teams into the playoff system, even though they're probably going to get beat in the first round. At least they're in. Now you're not going to have them. So now we got to rethink this whole playoff situation. So now if you leave it at 12, <laughs> I mean, see, the, the SEC get two or three, the Pac-10 get two or three, the Big 12 get two or three. Next thing you know, the only one that's coming out of ACC is going to be the champion, the number two team out of ACC. won't be in it.
0: Well, let me tell you about it. And this is the reason I think that it's pushed that. I don't think that will change. This is what will change. Because Notre Dame is an independent. Yeah. They won't have a shot.
2: They won't have a shot. They won't get an in. invite for a well, championship. No, they got no, to join a conference. No, they can get in. But, but they won't go in uh, playing at home in the first round. Right, you're right. And they won't go in receiving a bye in the first round. They will go in with the non-power fives. Mm-hmm. Now, they will lead that race. Yeah. But they don't want to be there, Saying They no, want to be at the they, top. They want to be at the top. So, right. a
0: decision's got to be made. That's where I'm going at this. And if you're the ACC commissioner, you got the upper hand now. And, you know, because sooner or later, that commissioner at Notre Dame is going to come and call it. Mm-hmm. And he's going to say, look, what will it take money-wise? And that's where he put. I hope the AC guy, as smart as I am, and can pull this up there and says, $26 million, what you got? Bring me $10 million. You can play football. And it's going to take that, and that's what's, that's what's fixing to happen now because I don't see them, other than the Big Ten, I don't see them with any other conference. I really don't.
1: I mean, nope, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, yeah.
0: it's a it's a, it's a wait-and-see game. Yeah. But I think now they're I think I'm, the pushed where they've had to push to, to make teams kind of come into line, kind of form them to do what they wanted them to do forever, uh, getting their name from an independent to this because they're a dominant independent. Poor Army, and I don't know what Navy, Army and Navy They still got their little group. But, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to play in it. I'd want to play in a conference that you automatically know I'm in the ACC. I win this conference championship. I got home, field rights, and first mm-hmm. round. I'd want that if I was Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see if they really want to play ball or
1: not. We'll see how it turns out. All right, uh, turning our attention down to that group down in Columbia that are doing pretty well. Shane Beamer has kind of turned that program around for the most part, we're excited about this year. That is coming up. Defensively, I think is where a lot of fans are really excited because the defense has had to step up. and um, kind of led the way last year, did they not? Particularly with that big push. If it wasn't for the defense, that offense wouldn't have gotten, and special teams, the offense wouldn't have gotten the advantages that they had um, that was up there. But, you know, they had uh, they practice today and tomorrow, and then they got a big scrimmage. Their final scrimmage is coming up Saturday night. And from my understanding, that will be open to the public as well. I don't think they're charging anything to get in to see it. But um, yesterday, a lot of the defenders uh, over there at you know, uh, South Carolina went ahead, stepped up to the microphone, and one of those was Tonka Hemingway. And uh, here's, here's a little bit about what he had to say and what he thinks about this defense. Talking from a
4: whole, how have you seen this defense progress in these first two weeks?
3: Well, you know, you uh, have been working on a lot of things like communication and things like that. I've seen – uh, you are trying to adapt that mentality, you know, to make things better and improving everything.
5: Tonka, now that you've been kind of two weeks into camp, how are you feeling physically and how's the, the I guess, rehab going for you coming off of no, in, no lingering effects or anything like that from the rehab?
3: Well, you know, uh, I'm feeling good. You know, like, you know, injuries, you know, they're going to linger, but I feel good. I feel real good. Uh,
1: they have you working inside, outside right now. We're both so far in camp.
3: You know, they got a little bit of us playing everywhere, wherever they put
4: us. With with Coach Robertson, what's it been like now that y'all have had, what, like two weeks or whatever it is, it's been on the field getting to work with him?
3: You know, it's been good. He, uh, You know, he's been there, done that. So we learned little things, little tricks from him, and it has been helping us out a lot.
4: Uh, You might have been too young to to remember him specifically when he was a player, but do you have any memories of him
3: as a player when he was here? Uh, Nah. (laughs) <laughs>
4: <Nah>. <laughs> no 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 really does he ever share any stories, or yeah you
3: know, he all, well? he all, yeah, he shares stories a lot, you know he tells us that the film up, but I haven't got a chance to watch it yet but yeah okay yes. can can you give us one, one story you or oh that, no. I can't remember my uh <laughs> <laughs>
1: So you have a little bit of with Tonka, and, and his rehab is coming along. We're told that he'll probably start uh, against South Carolina, uh, North Carolina uh, during the Mayo Bowl that is coming up. But um, a lot of the players are like that. They're just kind of loose, having a good time, and, and enjoying. One of the things that I've noticed, though, is when they go ones-on-ones, it is making them better. The
0: thing I like about Tonka, Mr. Conway, by the way, is um, the fact that he's become that leader. Uh, last year he couldn't really do it as a as a – well, as a sophomore and a junior because he was hurt. He's taking that role on, and that's what I really like about the fact these younger guys that are getting playing time now uh, that are working, like he said, their butts off to get it get it where they want to be. Um, and that's why you're seeing the defensive push that you're starting to see. Um, and, I, and I'll agree with what you said earlier and what they made mention to is the fact that I think defense is a lot further along the way than offense. I think we got a little bit of catch-up to do there, but I, I, I'm not really concerned. Um, and I guess, then we're going to go to a game. It might have be this one since it's free for the public so, <laughs> to get into. But uh, I would be excited as a fan just coming in. Um, there's a lot of excitement, but there again we're putting all our – our eggs in that one basket with Spencer Rattler and a couple other guys and, an injury gentlemen have in football every day. Look at Birch last year. Look at some of these other guys, man. Somehow, the Spencer, I mean, we got Luke Dottie. And we got a couple other guys, Clint, Clinton gave and some of them guys coming in, but we're putting everything on this one guy. And that's what I've kind of not totally always agreed with, with it. Um, now we're going to put all the spotlight on a tight end slash receiver we got that's wanting more NIL money than what we agreed to give him. But anyway, Nikhil's Harbor is going to be a great player at tight end. Do not get me wrong and don't miss it. He He's a can't-miss NFL player, and whether he deserves – my thing still goes back. If you agree to this principle to come in for, don't hold the team and the other players hostage to get what you want. Come on, man, be be more grown up than that. And if you, there again, if you can't do that, find another team. I'm just being literal with. It. I don't want to see you go to Georgia, but that's the way college football is going now. If the high bidder gets him, if he ain't happy, he'll transfer. He gets he jumps in his portal. He takes my NL money and jumps in your portal. Yeah. If he's not happy, and I mean that, that's why I'm totally like I said. Until we even it across the board. If I was a coach, I would just be pretty strict and say, hey, man, you can play, but you're going to be a part of a team. You're not going to be a distraction, and that's what I want to get away from. Right. All this money being distractions for these other players that aren't getting anything.
1: Right. I mean, well, we're getting closer means. and closer to kickoff. we right. got some teams are going to be taking part before September. Um, we're like three yeah. weeks away, so here in about two weeks we'll have the first games uh, that will start kicking off, and then the big weekend on Labor Day weekend um, – with South Carolina, North Carolina, and Clemson uh, taking on Duke. That weekend is always <laughs> explosive because you always got
0: a Sunday, a Monday, and sometimes even a Tuesday game. I said, that's exciting, man. I mean, that it's here, it's that close. Um, we're going to get a shot looking at Notre Dame pretty quick against a Navy team. Um, and like I said, the Gamecocks in North Carolina. Tigers and the Duke Blue Devils. That's going to be an interesting matchup to me, though. I mean, I'm really – because like I said, the number two quarterback in the ACC is from Duke. And well, you were talking about in in, in the uh, the practice at Clemson. Second time in two years that I've heard Dabo say the most positive things about Kay Klubnik, and it's because of what Kay Klubnik has done this year under a new O.C. and Garrett Riley. Um, I think that's dividends for that team. And you can think about a guy like Will Shipley. It takes the pressure off of these guys. They're still looking for that receiver to step up. He's there, and Garrett Riley will find him. So, and they going find him in the end. But I think this team's getting back closer to what they were than what you saw the last couple
1: of years at quarterback under DJ. Looking forward to finding out a little bit more. We'll run down those teams' previews as we get a little bit closer. We are at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood, you're invited to come on by. they got weekly specials. By the way, it's B-Raz's birthday today, so yeah. you need to come by. Right. <laughs> Wish him a happy birthday Granger as well. Sing-
0: Granger, you <laughs> might be going <laughs> to sing him a birthday song real quick with me right here. So... uh Anyway, like I said, it's, it's always a good time to be here. I mean, B-Rad, if, he's not got, if his bar's not packed, he's smart. He goes out and finds them and brings them in. I saw him at Buffalo Grill, though. They hollered at people. He even pulled the smoke alarm over there. He's a smart guy. He cleared a bar out in a heartbeat, buddy. So, and if he hadn't thought of that, I've done that before, B-Rad, so just don't get caught doing it. So, anyway, happy birthday, brother. You are our AC Clemson. Reporter for bas- basketball for the, for the Tar Heels and and for Clemson football, so we're, we're gonna keep you on another year, but another year older, another year wiser. What's the beer today? Twin Peaks is happy. <laughs> 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 Gotta get a lore from my Twin Peaks gals, buddy. Anyway.
1: Uh-huh. But uh, all right let's turn our attention now towards the high school aspect of it we've got a lot of games that are going to be taking place here and around the Lakelands as well as a lot of teams that uh, we're going to have to talk about here as well but first and foremost let's start with the Greenwood Eagles um, a team that we're going to be covering tomorrow night seven o'clock on Sunday 103.5 is pregame kickoff coming your way at seven o'clock um, you're not going to want to miss out uh, on uh, either of those because it's it's a new year it's a new offense it's a new team um, lots of new excitement to go along with it as well. It's exciting. But I'm back to
0: where I always am, if you don't realize. Sometimes now, D. Tom Carroll, the voice of the Eagles, has the rosters <laughs> way before I get them. I'm used to what we're doing now. <laughs> I'm going through my whole roster from last year when we played them. I'm right down the juniors and seniors, and I've got like, what, 12 players so far? It, it's offense?
1: rare that I don't have a roster it from is. the opposing squad. But. but
0: I think tomorrow, just for – Blanks and giggles, we go in there and you do, like you said, number 12 for our AC floor, throws it to number four. He runs for 12 yards. Do it like that. And maybe they'll get the rosters out. I mean, it's not the pros, as Dan says. Uh, we don't even know their injury report, but we need to know their names. Well, and mm-hmm.
1: so It's not like you're giving anything you away. I didn't ask for year. a starting lineup, so I just asked for the roster. That's what you got last year. Yeah.
0: And they say nothing. <laughs>
1: So um, no heights, weights, just position yeah, numbers mean, and names.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, junior seniors, and like I said, I've gone through and figured out who the quarterback and all is going to be, and if it, if it's wrong, then he came from JB. But um, what names on our list? Tell Greenwood, Greenwood. Do you really? We we've all said Michael Holloway, number seven uh, for big years. Who who do y'all think is going to be the impact player offensively this year?
1: Um, offensively, I think you can look at Ty Patterson. Ty's coming off of uh, you know last year he ended up breaking the leg in that regard, uh, torn or torn ACL actually. Um, he's rehabbed that. He's come back. He, he he looks good out on the field. So you're going to look for number three uh, uh, for me being the impact player that is out there. He'll be one of the running backs. Um, he'll be lining up in the slot at wide receiver as well in that regard. So offensively, I'm going to go with Ty Patterson as of right now being that impact player. So we got a we got a t- Thunder Lightning type deal between we, he and Tank Gary. Well Tank Gary and, be, then, yeah. and then you gotta add number thirty two. Don't forget about Demarion Roman. Roman he's Roman's gonna, had the the spring, so to speak. Yeah, with, he's yeah. he's been he's shown that he is the power um, that is up there. So he you know, we want something and we gotta get that couple of inches that is there, he's probably gonna be the man that gets it. I like
0: it for the fact of that the the same reason I think that Chris has gone with um Tristan Lewis at quarterback, usually a younger guy that you're going to have around for another couple of years. And I, I I was very impressed during Jamboree with Roman and just the three or four carries he had because if that hole's not there, he's big enough to open it mm-hmm. and go through it. So, I mean, I think I just was well, looking
1: over it and then... And you can't forget about number zero, KB, uh, Caleb Burton. Um, he's going to be lining up in the backfield as well as out at wide receiver. Uh, and it's going to be one of those two where he's going to be able to use his speed. Now, remember he was the quarterback from last year so he's not afraid to to chunk it either so we may see that open up later in the season we might see it tomorrow night because i I was thinking about something that's (laughs) possible the name i thought
0: you were going to have me was number two i really did i thought it would be number two in zion hawkins but i think you'll see him a lot of return um but he gives you that experience also at a receiver uh that that we've seen for the last two or three years that can get out there and do it um well, who else was? Well, it? Elijah Wade, Wade's, Elijah one. Wade's yeah. the other one. Yeah, they're the ones carrying the belts around. By the way, if, for people who that follow the new uh, gimmicks in football, they got the weights. That I means they've got the
1: rings on their hands. And well, if you're looking at strictly wide receivers, KB, um, you got to also look at number four, Bryce Seaborn, uh, and number twenty one, and Jaden Adams. And then you can't overlook one of the, the kind of a newcomer. He's big in basketball, but yeah, you got Candice McKee coming out. Um, this year as well. So we'll see how he does as a as a senior this year. Um That's when Donovan boils. in. Yeah. We'll put underline that kid
0: man. <laughs> Cause I I you know how I like to see a quarterback highlight and high point a ball to a receiver
1: in the corner of the end zone. And that's what we look for in that guy. You just called his name, man. Well and, and Jay Duncan's a new one. He's oh, yeah. he's a sophomore. He's about six three, six four. Um, you know, and he's one of those that not only can fly down the field, but he does have the height. You see what it is, Tan? I don't know about the offense, but just talking
0: about
2: it. That's what happens when you go to yeah. practice. Well, you're right. It well, is. I, I, I mean, And, some, and, <laughs> and a little we, – we're talking about all these guys, but, you know, then you look at number 40, a Gray McClendon playing tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, this might be one of those little sneaky things that Coach Liners done pushed in there because I think last year Gray was an offensive lineman. So, uh, is this something that, you know, we might ought to pay a little more attention to when forties out on the field lining up at tight end. <laughs> um, of course, our kicking game, we've talked about it before. Our kicking game's going to be solid. Um, I, I look for both of those gentlemen to be able to, you know, we can flip the field and we can score. I mean, we scored the night on a 33-yard field goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, to a lot of people 33 yards is not a long ways but uh put yourself in that 17 year old kid's shoes and go out there and do it
1: um well and uh, yeah i I agree with that the tight end is going to be very important
2: uh, and, and tristan at quarterback he's still a little unproven at the varsity level and we've still got some cats so that uh Oh, I still think oh, we'll see both we quarterbacks today, I I do, tomorrow. too. I do, too. And, uh, with Chamberlain, I think, you know, been there, done that. So, the game may be moving a little bit slower for him than it is for Tristan. Uh, but you never know. I mean, Tristan may be one of those guys that when the Friday night lights come on and he straps on the shoes, it's all about let's go do it, you know, and practices more. This is when I make my mistakes in practice so I can learn from
0: them. If you had not seen his video that he had posted on Facebook, I went and looked at it because I heard he was a really good baseball player. Um, He got burnt in center field. He didn't let it deter him. He ran it down, basically held the fence and threw it from all the way to home plate to get the kid out. By a landslide. The kid might as well not. He might as well have gone by a third because the catcher was waiting on him. He's got a cannon for an arm. And I think the first couple of practices that we watched him play, I think that's when he earned that spot to say this kid's got potential. yeah. And you don't always see that for a quarterback. And like I said, the other year I loved Kamari Griffin, who's one of my defensive guys now. <laughs> I think he'll be a big player on defense. He had that build, but he also had that little quick release, like kind of a C.J. Stroud-type release. Mm. Um, and that's what Tristan's got. I, I We we joked about it last week, and I don't, know if we, I don't talk about it about the players. You know that. But uh, I heard something that I ha- don't always hear at Greenwood. The, the, the cheerleading and student session was boisterous last week. And you don't always hear something, but we want something on a different player. I hope they don't do that this year, I mean, because – that puts a little bit more pressure than a coach needs, and then it's probably just going to make him mad, and you're not going to get what you want. So, if you want something, say, I want a touchdown. That that might get you a touchdown. Um, but we got – those fans were very loud last week. And, I, hadn't, Tom, I'll be honest, I hadn't heard that of a jamboree in years, mm-hmm. in all honesty. So, I mean, we got great defensive players. Brindarius Norman's going to be a guy that I look forward to calling his name. He took my man Cord Morton's spot. Um, there's a guy that I don't know a lot about, and that's J.T. Harlan. That had a really good spring game and a really good jamboree last last week. That just made a lot of tackles. Um and then you got other guys. You got, I mean, offensive line, Dak Sieburn was gonna get that line going like they need to. Yeah, he'll
1: be uh, he'll be rotating from angry. guard. Yeah. Or from a uh, end, I guess you would say, back and forth. Um for there. I'm anxious to see how the secondary I think the defensive line uh Despite, and you'll hear in Coach's interview what he has to say about the defensive line, that's so why I'm not going to mention it, but um, I think it's going to be solid. I think that secondary is where we're going to have to shore up on those linebackers, um, continue to play physical like they have in the past and, and, and moving forward. And we're going to see a lot of rotation in and out. You're going to have a bunch of players playing both ways, and that's going to have a little bit of an impact, I think, um, with with – with a lot of the players as far as are we going to be able to finish out the game and, and uh, having that rotation in and out is going to allow that. I was excited last week because, you know, we, we we know, or I know personally, you know, Mike Holloway
0: playing that linebacker slot. I was impressed with his edge rush that he's got. He is that quick, he's guys. He's a bull rush. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, tomorrow night you might see two or three sacks that before that That guard or tackle realized he's around that end yet. So, if you are a running back for AC floor, you better hold your position and block for that quarterback or he's going to eat him alive. I think that's what you can expect to see. I think we're going to really blitz. I think, um, you know, Zach Coach Norman is going to put a good blitz packet together. And that's what we'll see. Because if a quarterback ain't got time to throw, it don't matter what the receiver does. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: all right. Well, I had a chance to catch up with Coach Liner earlier. Here's what he had to say um, uh, concerning what we started out with, uh, mainly about what's going on and how they chose. But here's uh, the interview that we had. Welcome everybody to the Greenwood Eagle Coaches Show with Head Football Coach Chris Liner. I'm Tom Carroll and Coach, back at it. Uh, a couple of weeks already. Fall practice uh, underway and now here we are week number zero of all things and you got AC floor coming in talk a little bit about uh, this new offense that you've got when did you decide to kind of put it in and how have things gone through the spring and the summer
5: well you know we had thought about it uh, kind of last year we we were looking at maybe making a move and you know is is successful and as well as the flex bone worked for us that's it's very difficult sale it you know unfortunately it's not all about winning games for a lot of people now and and those voices are really loud especially social media and you name it so all the kids here is you know if you do this that and the other you're not going to get you're not going to win you're not going to get recruited and you know i watched three state championship games this past year where i think teams threw it a combined nine times Buford threw it zero i want to say Abbeyville threw it a couple and uh but you know it is what it is and 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 so um you know we are going to do what's best for us to win. And, you know, we don't listen to the outside noise, but we felt like um, with the personnel that we had coming back um, that this would have been, you know, this is a logical time to move forward. And I, I think if you go back and look, uh, you know, I did a lot of studying with this when I first became a head coach and went back and just looked at people like Coach Dula and Coach McKissick and Coach Varner at Woodruff and, and you name it, and they were constantly changing. Um you know, and it was all based off the personnel. You know, if they had a quarterback that was elite, you know, now they can maybe spread it out and chunk it around some. If they had, you know, a heavy-laden uh, uh, stable of running backs, then, you know, they would choose to do that. So I think that's important as a high school coach. Unless you recruit, and there's some that do, then, you know, it's it's uh, very difficult to just have a system and stick with it without tweaking it to a degree from year to year based off, you know, what mama sends you to school. So... Um, you know, we felt like we had some young guys that could play the quarterback position, uh, at a high level. And, and we, 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 we believe that. And, uh, you know, we've got some young guys too, and some older guys. I mean, there's some older guys that can do it as well. And and along with running back and receiver. So, um, we got a veteran offensive line, you know, back and, and, uh, that, that helps, you know, you'd rather be, uh, inexperienced in some other places, not on the line. So, um, uh, but. You know, making the switch, you know, kind of uh, we, we've talked about it the last two years, uh, you know, for a variety of different reasons, um, you know, but the biggest thing is what's going to give Greenwood the best chance to win. And we believe that that's what gives us the best chance to win at this moment.
1: And your defense uh, is always stout. Uh, right, right now, I'd say the defense. Just judging by if you watched the jamboree or not, you know it's always the defense a little further ahead.
5: They usually are this time of year, and you know we're fortunate. Um, we've got a lot of guys back on both sides of the ball, and you know we've got some guys that are returning from injury. That you know, a couple of them didn't play at all last year. You know, Rob Stevens, is our starting center, is an excellent offensive lineman. He didn't play at all. Alon Wade who we thought was going to be one of our marquee backs, you know, last year didn't play at all. And uh, you know, we had so many seasoning in, ending injuries that a lot of the young guys uh that had to fill that role got to play a lot of football maybe before some of them were ready, but it, 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 that's a that's a blessing now. You know, it wasn't so much then, but uh because they got thrown into, you know, the fire, you know, maybe faster than they should have Uh, They have a lot of game time experience against quality people. So, uh, you know, both sides of the ball, we got about seven to eight starters back. And um, now, again, some of them didn't play at all last year or, you know, played just a little bit like Griffin Jones, one of our linebackers, went down early in the year. Ty Patterson, Torres ACL again early in the year. And there's some other guys too. So, um, um, you know, but all of those guys are back now. And so far we've been able to stay healthy. So... um, you know that's uh, uh but yeah defensively we should we're, we're we're i get tickled i hear people talk all the time like oh, yeah coach y'all are really small well we're not may not be tall but uh i mean shavias williams and brendarius Irvin and and aj Raw those guys are over 300 pounds um and they are strong and so uh they may not be six five but they're you know, six foot to six three. I think Darius is probably three something. Shavai is the same. Um, uh, Devion Griffin's about 285. I mean, there's some big guys up front that, you know, again, they're not the six six guys, but but, um, but if you stood on the field next to them, you'd see what I'm talking about. Michael Holloway's probably six three. Um, and we have some very, uh, you know, big people on the team. It's just that maybe not as tall as, as some other teams we play.
1: Coach, uh, we get to start off at home. That's a blessing this week as we'll be back at JW Babb Stadium. AC Flora comes in. They're kind of in the same boat. They've got a new quarterback and some new guys, but they've got a veteran defensive and offensive line.
5: Yeah, they look very similar to last year. They're huge, especially up front. You know, They do a lot of things that are a little unique. Um, most of your spread teams are your heavy power running teams, even if they're running out of the spread or taking big splits they go foot to foot it almost looks like the old you know the old where double wing and and uh you know the coach turner stuff that he you know used in a variety of different places clover broom you name it but um but yeah they're really good and they're very talented you know they got good backs they got good receivers uh you know defensively they got big guys that fly around and um you know one thing is is we're a little farther ahead believe it or not than where we were you know last year uh, we didn't really get to practice that much because of the heat, and, uh, you know, we we decided real quick that I think we'd been outside maybe five days before we played our first game, and, um, you know, that's kind of ridiculous, so, but, you know, there's a new rule, a law in place that if it's above 92, you can't go outside in gear, so we've been going at 6 o'clock in the morning <laughs> for pretty much the whole time, and uh, yesterday we practiced outside, but... Most days we've just been going in the morning, so we haven't missed or had to go in the gym uh, and so forth. So, you know, it may not have looked like it in our jamboree, but we're actually, as far as our schematics and a lot of the things that we weren't able to to do with live action, we're way ahead of the game than we were this time last year. Now, whether that, you know, uh, whether we benefit from that or not, we'll see here in just a little bit. But, um, you know, that's been a good thing is – um we feel like we're more prepared to play this game in week zero um, i think one thing you're going to see a lot of moving forward is teams are going to going to quit playing week zero because they're not having enough preparation uh because of the new heat stuff and uh yeah it's been around a few years but it just makes it really difficult especially when you're in a year-round school and a lot of the school districts in our state have switched to year-round school and so you lose fall camp there is no fall camp and um, if you don't practice six o'clock in the morning well you're already in school in july so Uh, You pretty much have to, or or go at eight o'clock at night or something like that. So, um, but we, you know, our guys bought into it and, uh, you know, it's kind of like starting with the off season. They bought into, you know, we, you know, traveled all over the place this summer for camps and seven on sevens and you name it. So everything we've asked them to do up till this point, um, they've done it. And, uh, and that's been, you know, um, really, you know, nice to see, and it's been, uh, a blessing to see the level of commitment that they've shown this off season and wanting to, to be good this year.
1: All right. And that makes, if you don't have week zero, that takes away the bye week as well. So Correct. And
5: you know, there's even been a push to not start playing games to around Labor Day um, just because of the, the heat and stuff and just play 10 straight and then hit the playoffs. Um, that was proposed, I think maybe a year or two ago. And I don't, I'm not so sure that won't show back up again just because there. are are so many districts now that are switching to the year-round school or some kind of modified schedule that you're going to see a lot more of oh man boy you know this is not the way I remember practice being it's not it's nothing like what we grew up doing and uh, you know we grew up doing two a days three a days going to camp for two weeks you know not seeing a girl for two weeks I mean we did a lot of stuff that uh, you can't do now and um, so uh, the level of toughness is definitely much harder to attain that you got to have to win a lot of games. So, um, you know, I thought going this, uh, this, this, uh, this preseason in the mornings was was uh, the right thing to do, and it turned out to be.
1: As far as special teams go, do we have the advantage against AC floor?
5: Well, you know that's hard to tell because we've both only you know we haven't played a real game yet, and when you when you're playing this early, you don't have a lot of film, and m- most people don't do special teams live. Because, you know, that's typically where you get most of your uh, big time injuries is on kickoff and things like that. So it's hard to tell. Um, We do feel like that we have an excellent punter, Noah Perrin, and and an excellent kicker, and Joseph Piontek. And actually, both of them can do both. So um, we hope to. We've spent a lot of time on special teams, um, and we've kind of divided that up, and each coach is hopefully taking a little bit of. Ownership in each team and, and uh, you know, trying to make it the best we possibly can be. So that certainly will be, I think, uh, something that will show tonight, you know, who I think that could be a, a determining factor, and it always is, if you have two pretty good teams playing, is who wins the special teams battle.
1: So there you have uh, Coach Chris Liner of the Greenwood Eagles. His thoughts and comments as uh, they get ready for the game tomorrow night against AC Flora. I'm ready. I mean, I'm ready for it. But the, the one thing that stunned me about Coach was the fact that we always
0: went to Zirconia, in North Carolina. So we were up there in the, the up in them hills up that way and, and across the line. But he took a little fee up there because I remember a bunch of little honeys coming to see the quarterback up there at Zirconia. So when you see him again, I don't know about that. Mention that to him. But uh, yeah, it's it's here. Uh, I you know Noah Perrin and Joseph Piontek, I Kevin Thomas. He'll tell you when I talked to him that time before. I was like. One of these should be in your Super 75. I think this is probably one of the better special teams that I've seen since we've been doing, that I've been doing Greenwood football with y'all. I mean, maybe not like length of kickoff, getting it all the way to the end zone. We've had a lot of really good skill players that can kick you that 45 yard field goal. These are going to be consistent players. Like, I'm not going to say he's going to line up and kick a 60 yard field goal. But if he does, Chris has got confidence that he can make that or else he'll go for it. And then Noah Perrin, I mean, how many times last year did we talk about him flipping the field? Um, he actually got a vote or two last year for player of the game, I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I might have made that, but anyway. Um, yeah, so he can flip the field. Um, I, I learned something here. I'm guessing that Elijah Wade and the Lon Wade brothers – I would assume that. Yes, I mean they're they're twenty three, twenty four on a uh, number wise. One's running back, one's a, a receiver. But um, I, I just put that those two together as, as they must be brothers or cousins or whatever. But um, I had forgot about Alon Wade, I and mean, we expect a lot from him last year when B went down, and of course he didn't get to play either because of an injury. So um, there, there's a lot of the things that we don't know about either team that we're going to see. Um, and like I said, he he thinks that they're pretty well, you know, they're they're special teams and they're, they're, they're about even with us. And if that's the case, I feel good about it, like he said, this year because we've been out there, they've kind of gotten a little more acclimated to it. We've seen Columbia, maybe they haven't done that yet. Because as you know, Columbia to me is hotter Columbia, than it is here.
2: Columbia is hotter than here. Yeah. And um, is that coach smart enough to say, and are his players willing to come in at 6 a.m. and strap on the pass? That's pass, the key. Yeah, are they the that dedicated? Have they, they bought in like they have to it the for, for Coach right. Liner and Norman yeah. and the rest of those guys and, up there? And. Well, the
1: thing is they're going to have to make some big changes. Heath Schuler is gone. We know that. Yeah. We know that uh, Markel Townsend, the big back, pounding back that they had over 2,000 yards last year, he is gone. He's going to be replaced by Noah Kelsey and Aiden Mosley. I do know that. Uh, they've been taking turns at snap um, in that regard. But – uh, their leading receiver is gone too, and that's what hurt us last year. Was Chris Lofton? Um, I don't know if he had sticky or fly paper on his hands or what, but he got everything that came near him. Uh, if it was in the end zone, he got it. Are they going to be able to replace him to open up that running game uh, and make it that much bigger? And that, of course, leads to the question of their new quarterback. Um, you know, uh, is is Heath Moser going to be able to uh, you know step up and make those changes?
2: Well, I think a lot that's going I think the Greenwood defense this year is going to be different than what we saw last year. And I, I, I said it a lot of times last year and this is by no means a bad thing for Greenwood, but that Greenwood defense last year just did not remind me of what I expect from a Greenwood defense. We all know that assignments are going to be blown and big plays are going to happen. But, you know, we kept saying we need to come out and smack somebody in the mouth like Greenwood is known to do. And we just really never saw that last year. This year with Holloway and some of these other guys we got over, and a lot of guys that came over from the offensive side of the ball are now on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, They're coming over there. They're wanting to hit somebody. So maybe this is uh, this might be a wake up call to AC Floor when all of a sudden their quarterback's laying on the ground with number seven laying on top of him. You still that's in my Thunder with Mike years, that, Holloway, that, but that, that, that's <laughs> and that's fifteen yards behind the line of scrimmage too. Yeah. So. That's
0: that's the destruction I was talking about earlier with Mike <laughs> Holloway and what he can do. But he's not the only one.
2: No, no. Because if you if you
0: like I said if you bring that if you got an edge rusher like Holloway hmm. you got another side over there for somebody else. And that's where the next man up that wants to put that hit down in there, um, look out because that might be your spot because he knows he's going to get heat. He realizes he's going to get heat.
2: Well, and the one thing, and Coach even alluded to it, Holloway's like 6'3", so he he is not going to be able to hide. You know, you're not going to be able to hide him. The offense is – that quarterback's going to be looking for seven, wherever he's at, whether he's on the line – you know, playing a, a kind of an outside linebacker or just where is he? You know, is he looping? Is he, oh, what's he, he was on the, what's he doing on the right side line now? You know, he's going to be finding seven. And that's going to open up some of these other big boys that Coach Liner was talking about and some of these guys that were hurt last year that didn't get a lot of playing time. But, and and it goes all the way to the kickers. They're a year older, a year stronger, a year smarter. and uh, It's got a lot of promise in this team. I agree
0: with him. I think last year we went into it not knowing what we yeah. really had into it. I think this year we know a lot more than we did last year going into that game. And, and maybe they're a little bit further behind than we thought. Mm-hmm. That they are because you don't have a roster. Maybe that's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to come up with something. But like I said, when when you're Heath Moser and you, you're on your back and you you can't have the time to get that play off, that's when that running back's got to be the key to it. Marco is not there. Like you said, you have got uh, you called him a minute ago. I got him written down. But um, it's that next man up mentality, and then that's when you got to worry about Brendarius Norman. You got to get by him, mm-hmm. Simpkins, and the rest of these guys on our defensive line, and. They they according to this what I've got from last year they lost a good man lineman and I'm sure they moved up a ton from JV but um, it, I guess we we'll just have that's one of them wait and sees we don't know a whole lot about what we're going up against but but
2: our JV team <coughs> did play their JV team last year and won. and, and oh, once so <laughs> you know uh, our JV players if if they line up and look across the ball oh you were the same guy I whipped last year. This is I'm gonna have fun tonight. <laughs> you <laughs> know. Let's hope it goes that way. Yeah.
0: <laughs> One stat I did have from last year, I got it written down over here, is Holloway had a sack it from linebacker position, but he also had seven tackles in the game. That's the start for a junior last year. that's a yeah. senior this year, yeah. that pressure right there is immense, and just the experience he's had. And you're right, Stan. He knows those offensive linemen that he played last year, and if they are still there, it's kind of like. They looking at him and they're like, "Oh no, he's, he's still taller, here." He's yeah, he's six three <laughs> yeah. now. So I mean, it's going to be—it's an interesting game. What worries me about this team is the fact they're still ranked so high. It's number two in ranking, yeah, I
1: mean, they don't mean a lot, no.
0: especially when you get, like you said, you're number two in the Midlands and then number five six. or six in the state, and you can't find anything on the bottom. I mean, you can't find anything about Greenwood either. So don't feel bad, but. I mean, it's it's a misnomer and, Like I said, we won't find out until tomorrow night. Seven, seven, was it seven thirty kickoff?
1: Yep, it should be fun. That'll be at JW Babb Stadium. We want you to come out, pack the stadium. As a matter of fact, so we need to get. Well, we're gonna, we're going to have to pack two stadiums. I think Greenwood could do that. We can pack uh, Emerald and Greenwood and, and get both of those because Emerald is our next team that we're going up against, and they they have. And to me, this is one of the games of the week. You got uh, abbeville McQuarrie being one. and We'll get to that in a sec, but you've got Greenwood or excuse me, Emerald, and 96 going at it. And and we saw both these teams in the Jamboree. Both these teams looked, you know, like they pretty much have an idea of what they want to do and and ready to get at it. Um, This game's going to be played at Emerald. And I'm going to tell you this up front. You're going to want to see the entrance for the Emerald Vikings. <laughs> Especially, I, I've got word of what's going down, and I wish I could be there. I hope somebody catches it on film. Get, get your cameras rolling. Um, it is going to be a spectacular sight, the entrance for the Emerald Vikings this year.
2: And Emerald does have their new scoreboard <laughs> up and running. Sound system's brand new. Sound it's system's
1: brand new, up and running. So, uh... so
0: the horn's new. Sound the horn.
1: Yeah, you will sound it,
0: Tom. They'll, they'll, that game will be packed up there because I'm gonna tell you something. 96 travels as good as anybody else does, and they're gonna they'll pack that place. And like I said, I was last year. Florida had a lot of people on the home side. If they travel that way, and I think they do because they are, you know, top ten, top five team. I think Green was gonna be packed too because if we have anything like we had at Jamboree, look out. I'm just saying that right now because we showed. It's good to see that we showed up and we showed out last week. Very, you know, boisterous. And the cheering and everything. We got a new cheer coach. That's the one thing I was gonna ask you because they're they're loud so. this
2: year, buddy. They're loud this year. Well and the students turned out last week. Oh yeah. That was one good Man. thing to see. We had a the student section was pretty much full. And now I hope the band can come I hope we get the band out there this week.
1: And we got a new band director. that has yep. been there a couple of years, and he's the band's getting bigger, and bigger, bigger so. and bigger.
2: So, like
0: I said, they show up for away game, so I'm sure they'll be there for the home game. But yep.
1: it, it, it's that time of year,
0: man. I mean, this is when you get to goosebumps. <laughs> I do care when you think about the, you know, the high school <laughs> the bleachers oh, and starting. stuff, man. You just get so. Like I said, you you to have me looking for something tomorrow night. So if I lose track of what's going on in the game, I'm trying to find you a video of what you <laughs> want to see about what's going on. Animals. So
2: and give you something to do. I will try know. to find. something. But that's going to be a great game too, though. It's going to be. I mean, game. 96 and you, we saw, and we all felt like 96 has probably got, if not the best, the number two quarterback in the Lakelands area. I mean, the kid can spin it. and uh, yeah, Matthew The, is the a biggest real concern that we had is the low numbers that they had, uh, if they can keep them there. They're coming into this game healthy. So, you know, and they're coming up here to win. They're not coming up here to be a little sisters of the poor. Emerald had better be ready. This is a big
0: game because yeah. Braden Mitchell is going to be a recruit somewhere, somewhere. Because, like and I said, he's probably going to be one of the best quarterbacks we even scrimmage against this year mm-hmm. when we played him in Jamboree last week. Uh, I know you saw him on the sidelines mm-hmm. at Carolina, so I think that's, that's a good thing. He has been going down to see Coach Beamer and some of the other guys, and he, you know, he he's pretty tall as a quarterback. He I mean, he's got to put a little well, bit of weight
2: well, on. He's still, he's still a high schooler though. I mean, I mean he, he got another year to grow, but uh, his instincts look good. You know, uh, he's got a little bit of help around him. Hopefully, they can develop some more help around him, and hopefully they can stay healthy.
1: I I mean, I'm looking at Evan King and – Evan Adams, wide receiver, and what he was able to do against right. Greenwood in open space. Um, you got Jabarian Dunlap, also uh, Ladarian Waldrop at the wide receiver spot. And they use the tight end. That's what mm-hmm. a yeah. lot of folks don't do Jan early in the it. season. But Jaden Hackett will have a big game um, if he's left wide open.
0: And they run the ball. I mean, they, they get a that offensive line opens plays up, and it comes down to my offense against your defense. And I was amazed last week at Jamaria's the amount of players that Emerald has. Yeah, Emerald may have as many as we got at Greenwood High
3: School.
2: And Emerald did have put out a pretty good defensive lineup last week against Abbeville. Now, yeah, Abbeville did touch them for two touchdowns. But uh, for the biggest part, it was toe-to-toe. Emerald had some chances to put some points on the board, and they didn't. Uh, But, you know, you make mistakes, you correct them. And hopefully now those coaches – at Emerald have corrected a lot of those mistakes, and this is going to be a, a good team.
0: Key Holloway's a quarterback at Emerald that if you put the pressure on him and blitz him, he can take off.
2: Yeah, um,
0: and, He had a lot of balls dropped last week, too, that, yeah. that really weren't his fault. I mean, I know they had a lot of wide receiver screens and all set up against Abbeville just trying to, to find something, basically. Um, I think they're going to be fine running the ball. Who's the big running back they got at Abbeville? I mean, at well, they got Cam Parks. You Parks. also have that's Foster,
1: it. Kristen Foster. He's uh, the one that ended up scoring the touchdown. Um, you, you got a lot of big backs that's going to rotate brother? in. it. I believe so. Okay. So yeah. anyway. He's only a sophomore. You lose a Jalen Foster and you pick up a brother. So that's how it goes. No, so. <laughs> you're like that. But you talk about Key Holloway and and when you when you watch, I've watched him play now what three times, mm-hmm. and each of those times, it impresses me that. Teams are having such a hard time um, playing against him. I mean, he he truly is a dual threat. He, and he's going through his progressions now. We saw that. So he's going through his progressions, and he can run on you at any time. That's what they're counting on, the
0: fact that they have a quarterback that, that will go through progressions and say he's open, he's not. He's not. He is. I gotta go. As opposed to a lot of times, you see a quarterback that just goes. He doesn't normally go through all of his players. You know, or he and, looks
2: at the first progression, yep, and, and then he stops because okay, he's covered,
0: yep. or you know. That's why I like to have two or three plays in it. And it's high school where I get it, but I like to have two plays in your quarterback's head that whichever one gets called, if there's something you need to do, you automatically like, in your mind you already know progression says if it's not there,
1: go here. Yeah. You know, so you and know, it, and we don't know what Coach Debose is hiding yet. No. You know, are they no. going to do RPOs? Are they going to do anything? You know, we don't know where this offense is going. As of yet. I'm gonna
3: call Scruggs. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I
2: look for it to be some RPOs with Holloway's speed and elusiveness, and you know, there's gonna be, and we may see some of the same stuff at Greenwood High with Tristan. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I think you're gonna and, see a lot of plays for and him. Tristan is is a lot. You know, he's he's played quarterback, but uh, maybe he's not keeping his eyes down the field as much as Coach Liner would like, and it will come and those progression reads before he takes off, but I felt like at the Jamboree last week, he took off uh, a couple of seconds too early a few times, and uh, of course... I know coach had uh, some words with him on the sideline about it. So. Well,
1: and I like what Holloway did against the Abbeville yeah. defense too. I yeah. mean, he got he was under pressure several yeah. times. Um, he went ahead and did the right thing. You either threw it away or, you know, in his case, sometimes you had to eat it. But um, for the most part, he's going to protect the ball. Yeah. And that's something you normally don't, don't get, uh, you know, with a, with a first-year quarterback. And being yeah. a second-year quarterback, I think, last year helped him out tremendously.
0: Yeah. He's like a tad to I don't think offense, buddy. I think about defense <laughs> winning you another yeah. championship. Um, I, the one thing I know that Coach Leonard probably did say is there were a couple of plays that Jaden Adams and a couple other guys were wide open. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure Coach Leonard probably looked at him and said, hey, try it. Let it go. Yeah. If it's incomplete, it's incomplete. But the one thing it's not going to be is picked off because, you know, a couple of them were, and they, and they blitzed him on that play. Yeah. So he learned just in that one scrimmage last week that if they blitz you first progression, if it's there and it's downfield, I don't mind an incompletion yeah. as opposed to hitting a big play. Um, I think you'll see him do that. And that, I think we always joke about it. The way you open up the run is you set up the pass, uh, that's still the way to do it. Coaching hadn't changed in that aspect, and Coach Liner realizes that. And I think you might see a big ball tomorrow, and it may be your buddy. Because, I mean, yeah, he was a lot of – that speed that he has is phenomenal. <laughs> I would almost like to see him coming out of the backfield. But well, we got enough running backs at Greenwood. We got three teams. <laughs> we Just not enough balls to have. It's a good problem to have. Yeah. I mean, when you got – like I said, when you got, you know – Roman and you got all these other running backs. Wade, his brother can play it. Tank Gear. I mean, you, you got to have an offensive line to of box, But I'm telling you something that that could be where our forte is, and we score points is this year with that
1: with our running backs. And it could be paths. I tool. think the same way is going to happen with Emeralds as well. I do too. They've got and some really good running backs. They've got a um,
0: a lot of similarities between the two teams, really. If you think about it, I mean. Yeah. And just the number of sheer number of players that they got, how many teams will they go up against at Emerald in that 3A ranks that may not have that many? because we talk about a Chester, we talk about a Clinton and they, they both lost numerous players off of those teams last year. The same number what was it 29, 26 that oh, both those teams oh, lost? Man. Um, I had to go back and watch the moving and change to see that, to get those numbers and stuff. So we'd always thank Kevin Thomas for what they do. But um, it's football time, guys, and it's exciting. Um, I had a text a minute ago, and I don't know you and I will talk about it, but um, one of my friends said the best way to get a coach's interview is if you do the, the touchdown club. They can't run from you then. <laughs> you can block the door and say, you know, he said, you're the perfect guy to block the door. <laughs> have your headset on and have another mic with him, and walk around and just say, "Hey, Coach, what's uh, going on?" So, uh, like I said, I doubt we'll do that. We don't want to bother them guys, but they do come out for the meal. Uh, Stan, it's going to be chicken. You said,
2: "Yep, fried chicken." So,
0: sports freak fried chicken, not just yep. chicken, but sports freak fried chicken. So, it's going to be good. If you haven't, if you haven't joined yet, or if you're not a member, if you thought about it, you just Stan will tell you tell
2: you what who to call, and they'll get you lined up just, for it. All they have to do is show up at the main event. Sometime between 6 and 7 o'clock, Monday. Steve Riley will get you taken care of. And we'll get you signed up, and we'll be more than happy to hopefully find you a table.
1: (laughs) All right, had a chance to catch up with Tan DeBose earlier this week. Here's what he had to say getting ready for tomorrow night's game. Coach, glad to have you back with us. Football season is here once again and you guys are excited and raring to go. It's game week. It is game
4: week. Uh, you know, some people say, why do you have a why is it called week zero? Um uh, but yeah. it is week zero for us. Uh, we got a, a a very good opponent, 96 coming up, and uh we're just happy to be where we at and the opportunity to get to play and um, once again, thank y'all for coming and and the coverage you give mm-hmm. to
1: the Lakelands area for what y'all do for all the young people. No, oh, you're my our pleasure. We love doing it. Uh, let's talk a little bit about before we get to 96 about uh, fall camp and what it's been like here so far. Well, we uh, it's been hot, so <laughs> um, we've been trying to
4: dodge a lot of the heat by practicing at six o'clock in the morning. Um, coming into it, you know, with the wet bulb restrictions and you know. The way the temperature has been, you know, you really can't get out on the field and do what you need to do with pads on until you know after 7 o'clock at night. Uh, with us going year-round school, and of course now being in school for about three weeks, um, you know, the option to bring our varsity team in at six o'clock in the morning in practice, and um, our school has facilities for them to shower and do everything here, and and then go into their school day. So it's it's really been a tremendous asset for us, and. A tremendous dedication and commitment level by our players to to be here mm-hmm. and um you know to me as their head coach
1: that means an awful lot that we can practice at six o'clock in the morning and all our players are here well let's talk a little bit about those players because uh, key holloway of course is going to be the quarterback his second year coming back he looked really good mm-hmm. i thought in, in the jamboree last week well he's keys
4: explosive and fast and um he hadn't had the opportunity really to to showcase what he's done with his arm uh, in the off season and, and that's coming. Um, but he is a tremendous athlete and our leader on offense. And, and he'll be the trigger guy that 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 distributes the ball around to a couple of people for us. Um, we're hoping Quaymar Cloud up front is returning all-region player last year as a sophomore uh, on the offensive line, and he's got some some inexperienced guys with him that are big bodies and will continue to grow and mature. Other night uh, in the Jamboree over at Greenwood versus Abbeville, you know, their up front guys are, are really good. Their front seven at Abbeville is is probably as good as we'll play all year and uh, we had a hard time handling them at times and and that put a lot of pressure on key and and you know and got him rattled a little bit early but uh we hope to continue to improve each and every week and and you know, once again, I go back to what we're doing this week with 96. 96 has got a good football team, and Coach Bennett's come in there, and he's he's pumped some uh, life into the program. And uh, and he does a great job. He is a super guy. I'm happy that he's got the opportunity to be a head coach. And uh, we're going to have to step our game up to compete with them this week.
1: He's one of three or four new head coaches here and around the Lakelands. I think Lakelands. we got five. Is there five now? We? Yeah, well, I forgot – Calhoun Falls yeah well right. I think we
4: got five new
1: ones so uh, touchdown club's gonna be fun on Monday it should be it should be <laughs> get to find out a little bit more well let's talk about uh, your game with 96 coming up here it's the first home game gonna be exciting to have everything here you got some new stuff that's uh, gonna be on display to go along with all of that but how do you you know Take that '96 offense that is there with uh, Braden Mitchell and what he's been able to do, and he uh, what his third year quarterback. Um, so he's got you know he's kind of fine tuned, and then you add Bennett and what he's been able to do on the offensive and defensive line.
4: Well, you know, Coach Bennett's not a stranger to us. He he, he came over from Clinton, um, and you know we've been dealing with them for the last mm-hmm. couple of years, and you know, and he's he's a he's a product of that coaching tree, and um, so. You know, we know what he's about. We know what he does. And, uh, you know, he's going to do things the right way. He's he's teaching their kids to play hard, fast, and physical. And, um, you know, as uh, far as our opponent goes, uh, Bray Mitchell is, is, is a tremendous asset to them. Uh, he is a really good high school football player. Um, you know, kind of Tim Tebow-ish. He he He's the heart and soul of their team. And uh, he, he, he commands the field when he's out there and he does a good job and he'll be a, a big challenge for us to slow down and, and contain because you know he, he throws the ball extremely well, um, but when he do, you know when they make calls and he's running quarterback ISOs and power reads and counters and stuff like that, he's, he's about a 200 pound kid toting the football so he's, he's no little task there. Um, one big thing I've noticed with 96 this year, they've, they've got some athletes in space uh, that they can get the ball to, and and uh, you know the only draw, you know the plus two for us is going to be a lot of those kids are playing both ways, and it's going
1: to be hot, and uh, we got to try to make them play four quarters. So there you have uh, Coach Tad Debose, uh, his thoughts on getting ready for this game against '96.
0: Yeah, man. I, I mean, Tad's one of those guys, man. He'd bite nails. off to play football for him. And if we get if we get time, we'll run through and pick these games really fast. If you got the games pulled up, uh, the one thing I do want to thank Benji for is he sent me something I hadn't seen, and I'm just going to use it to go over '96 and, and and Emerald. Um, and I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. And you know, um, Tad's fourth year, mm-hmm. and I awesome. know how much Abigail misses him on that defensive side. They got a really good coordinator over there. Um, Emerald's got one state championship, and that's under Coach Hill, and then one region under Mac- Mahan. But they have not been past the first round since 17. I think that's what they've got to overcome. It's not just getting to that playoff game. you got to win one. And I think once they do that, that will bring players out. you know. But here's one that kind of threw me for a loop. Um, it's like it's been since 05 since they got past that first round. That's crazy. And then you look at Coach Bennett. Who I knew the name was familiar. I never put it together until he just said Clinton. I, I'm. That's just me being a goofball and not following things. But uh, uh, you know he's taken over from Matt for Matt Owens, who I really like. You know, touchdown mm-hmm. club last year. He comes in and you know he you see his face and it's like something's wrong. And he had like well, seven players off of and to lose seven players at 96 isn't easy because there ain't that many over there. Really, once you're trying, once you get into that region, there's not a lot of guys just to pull. But they haven't been to the to the playoffs since 2018 under Coach Walcott who's at Side now, uh, one of my favorite coaches, as we joke about. And it hasn't been past second round since Doolittle, and that's been a long time. A and long I, time. I think they want to correct that. Um, we'll talk about Liner real quick. I mean, like I said, he he's done well. Uh, he's 94-76 and 76 as a coach, and, and he's in his 14th season. Uh, his fourth at Greenwood doesn't seem that long either, does it? Mm,
1: doesn't doesn't seem like
0: four years. But, I mean, it's been a, it's been a fun ride, Coach. <laughs> but, uh, like I said – Tom about AC floor, you know, I think the score could be a lot like it was last year, but on the other side, I think you flip that score, we could look at a 38-20 game, like we lost 38-20 a game, we could have won. V gets hurt, and we kind of like just didn't know what to do. Uh, we had players to replace V, but it was just like he was going to be our guy all year, 2,000-yard and he never really had that opportunity. But we're also kind of on that little losing streak about we hadn't been to the playoffs. The the, the first region title, we had had anything since – Cathcart days, which you know, y'all started y'all's Greenwood careers right we got to
1: the first or second round, and that was twenty twelve. oh okay, yeah.
0: Well, a Benji gave me something wrong on here, so I just, <laughs> But yeah, it says y'all haven't done it since uh, Cathcart in in
1: twenty twelve. But well, we haven't won it all since twenty twelve. Well,
0: and that's that's basically what we're looking at. We got a lot of Lakeland's teams around here. It's time to make that next push. It's football season. I want to see as
1: many Lakeland teams as we can get to Orangeburg. Should be fun. Saluda, Mid Carolina. Oh um, yeah, I mean, I think Saluda wins this one. They go to Mid Carolina of all places that are there. Now they did get beat by Batesburg-Leesville, but Batesburg-Leesville, from my understanding, um, had a lot of uh, transfers that came in and things of that nature. They're a really good football team right now. And Saluda um, lost a bunch, but they are trying to you know fit the spots and fit the places and next guy up mentality that is there. But I see Saluda winning this game. Yeah, McCary
0: was a big loss at quarterback for them, and and uh with that, you know, it's kind of like binging them the same show we're doing now. I mean, they had Batesburg beating whoever they played this week. Uh, mm. and, and that's an upset for me. But, I'm, you know, I like saluting this game. Clinton and B-
1: at Batesburg. Yeah. Bill. That's going to be fun one. So, and they, <laughs> yeah.
0: like I said, they pick Batesburg leaves. So well, I don't see that happening. But if it does, I mean, like I said, they're, they're 1-0 on me. But there are a lot of games. I mean, that's just like Abbeyville and McCormick. I mean, Durant's not there, by the way. I had confirmed that Ken's gone, but he's got another Durant there. Cam's other yeah, brother, the youngest brother is there. Uh, Cam, a new coach. Yeah, and, and I think that's the key. Um, I, you know, he comes from uh, Strom Thurman, so uh, he's going to bring that same um, mentality that they've had down there all those years that they had in, in, in Edgefield area, Johnson area with the players. So uh, I think they can play with him. I think, you know, Carson Norman could have a huge game here. You could be looking at a 250 game, maybe more than that. If they do that, they win. Uh, Zay Rayford the quarterback for Abbeville, is going to be solid. Uh, Stevens, at quarterback for McCormick, this, yeah. ju- this is his junior or senior year. Mm-hmm. So he's like a four-year guy at quarterback. Um, and if they get a couple of receivers that can step up and Cam Durant comes at fullback and they use him the way they used him last year, they could scare Abbeville, but I just don't see them beating
1: them. Well, not with the secondary. Of course, we know the secondary is led by uh, DeMarcus Leach and what he's been Uh able to do. And, And not to make mention, you know, Coach DeBose basically came out and said, We had a little bit of trouble with that defensive line that was there. One number in particular that stuck out for us was Jay Harris for, was. for Abbeville. And he just, I mean, he was shot out of a cannon from that nose guard spot. Jay Harris is on every watch list that you got around, <laughs> yeah. man.
0: he He's hes not a sleeper 75, but I don't know. There again, that's another question for those guys. But uh, this is a really good team, Abbeville. Anytime you think about him, you got a Tant, you got Normans, you got um, the other kids running around. You just don't have a two boo this year, or they hadn't found him yet, but uh, he, he was he was on the show the other night. He wasn't on Moving the Chains, but he was clicking in there, and they said, hey, Tubu's with us, and I looked, Tubu? And I said, that's Antonio. Hay. And I looked down, there he is right there, just right in there quoting away with him. But, uh, so he may be back yeah, at Abbeville helping out before college starts. But um, it's a game, you know, in the past we've said Abbeville and McCormick. I ain't no way that's going to be a close game at all. But, I mean, if, if they can take him to halftime and they're still – when I say relatively in the game, it's only like 21 nothing. I mean, I think that's win for, for McCormick that they're there. there, But they won't hold on. Like I said, I look for Abel to probably win this game pretty big.
1: All right. Um, and then we've got uh, Ware Shoals. They're going to be taking on uh, Whitmire. And this, this is a rivalry game that's gonna, that goes back years. And yeah. Whitmire's a
0: team that lost a lot last yeah. year. And Ware Shoals just doesn't always have a lot of players. But I do have a good running back. Again this year, I think that the, what what kills me is you got a Ware-Scholes team that you barely can put twenty five players on there. But they, you've always got an offensive line at scholes is great. I mean, that's just amazing that you can do that. And like I said, they can need a quarterback to pick it up, and then you got a running back, and it's a game they can win. I, I think because, like I said, you know Whitmire lost a good bit, but Whitmire's always that team that's in the, in the running for that the know, yeah. for the region every year. So. Do your job, and you might. We'll you pull see. that first win. You don't
1: ever know what's going to happen after that. Yeah. Sky's the limit. We'll know a little bit more about uh, where Shoals after this week. Pendleton. Uh, two A School, they go down to take on the Dixie Hornets in this one. Um, Dixie's got a building, new weight room, all that construction stuff. So you can go to the Dixie website and find out a little bit more. Watch for parking; um, it, it's a little tricky down there as of right now. You're probably going to be parking at Erskine and walking over for the most part, I would think. And that's what I saw about Emerald too. So well, I, Emerald's gonna yeah, Emerald's yeah. gonna have the uh, fields out there between the softball and the mm-hmm. practice field open up to park on. So okay. that's going to be your best place to park. Now the other two parking lots. That the student parking lot way on the other side will be open, as well as there in front of the gym. But your best bet's going to be that gate four.
0: And yeah, like I said, you got a church cross the road a little bit, but and I
2: I think Coach Saur at Dixie <laughs> is is happy with what he's got right now, and the attitude and all that the players have shown. Uh, my wife went over there and did. <laughs> sub on monday so i got some you of got the, all the details i got some of the inside stuff um uh, but uh he's he's looking they got good numbers and good size and he's ready to go this and is one they'll need because
0: Pendleton is coming into town this is and, a pretty good football and team. he's happy he
2: he won't you know he's a again a first year head coach so you know there's gonna be some mistakes made on this part probably but uh He feels like he's got a good group of young men that are going to fight hard, and uh, my wife told him he couldn't be at a better place. (laughs) (laughs) I think
1: he's happy there for his first head coaching job. Yeah. Good yeah, game necessary. this
0: week, and you show everybody in your region a lot of stuff, Coach. And like I said, I don't think – Coach Sar is not going to sit there and let you run over him. So, Pendleton's a little bit better team, but, and they've got a little bit more players. But if he can shut them down, like I said, play a good first half and put a little scare into somebody.
1: Yeah. Everybody in your region is looking after that, Coach Sar. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the team I don't know much, much about is Northside Christian. Um, they're going to be hosting the Flashes of Calhoun Falls on Friday night. I don't know I, yeah, I'd, I'm gonna have to do yeah. some research and just to find out, I'm gonna flip
2: about that. the coin and say uh, <laughs> Calhoun Falls with a new coach, uh, and but Calhoun Falls does have the Bryant guy back yeah. as a, as an assistant. Yeah, Kelly's the OC. Kelly, so uh, you know, might that might bring a little bit more well, get up and go to the. And Beautiful I think the jamboree practice.
1: showed a lot that they had out there with all the one A's yeah. uh, back a couple well, a week ago Wednesday. Yeah. Um, that was out there, and, and you even heard the coach mention the fact that uh, he was pleased with what they saw. There's some stuff that they didn't practice mm-hmm. that, you know, such as the blitzing and how to pick all that up. I'm sure they've gone over that a little bit because North Christian is going Northside Christian is going to see that on film and take yep. advantage of it but I, I think Calhoun Falls for the most part I, I like the trend and the yeah. changes I like, that have I like come. where
0: they're headed I look for a win guys I'm going to tell you why if this is a basketball game count it um, like I said you got Kendrez Tatum as the quarterback this year at Calhoun Falls uh, you got more Quavius Bryant which is probably Martavius' son more than likely you got DeQuan Lewis 6-2 Jabari Norman at running back 6-3 and you got Reminder Sutton at wide receiver slash free safety slash tight end at 6'7", 195. No weight on the guy, but it's get the ball up there and let him come down. Right. That's what high I'm point,
2: saying. High point 6'7".
0: Yep. So, all Tatum's got to do is throw it to Uh-oh. him in the end zone, and yeah. you, that's 21 points right there. Yeah. How do you go against a guy with that much You don't see that at our, our no, level, no, really. No, no, Not 6'7". seven that tall. No. you to so find I think your best athlete. That's where they're kind him. of the keys to it. I mean, everybody's got that. I mean, I don't see that much height. I do have a six five one eighty at free safety and tight end from Dixie. That's up there, pretty good size. Thomas Ferguson. So um, there's just a little bit. That's
2: Sam's little brother.
0: Yep. Oh, is there? Yeah. But like I said, it's <laughs> six five one eighty. So you know, look out. <laughs> um, and like I said, they got the players to do it. You're right. I just think I think Pendlin's, That's just a team. I don't like to play Pennellins, even if you're Abbeville,
1: because they give you a game. So hopefully, like I said, Coach Sarr can get that first win and get it rolling over there at Dixie. All right, a reminder as you go out to these games tomorrow night, get there early, the, uh, particularly if you're in District 50. They are going to have the metal detectors out. You're going to have to go through that clear bank policy. Um, both squads uh, at Emerald and also at Greenwood, uh, you are not going to be allowed to just sit around and do nothing. You're going to have to find a seat. Um, so, you know, unless you're in the line of the concession stand, you need to find a seat in the stadium somewhere uh, in that regard. And if you want more information about what you can and can't bring and that type of thing, Go to Greenwood Athletics or EmeraldAthletics.com. Uh, both of them have it listed on there already for this game. And trust Particularly me, parking for Emerald. Inn.
0: Definitely, and get your get your concession when you walk in because you don't want to walk back over there to mess with you that. You don't, and
1: you don't want to miss the pre-game ritual of uh, the team taking the field at Emerald High School. I uh, what if what I am told. Becomes reality. (laughs) It is gonna be exciting and electrifying. Uh you want to talk about the way to start a season adding this new entrance, you're gonna love it. Oh, they just need need that press box. (laughs) And we apologize for the long podcast today, but it is opening week, so Looking forward to it. All right. Um, get out there. Enjoy the teams. Uh, check us out on Facebook, uh, the lakelandsportsguys.com. Tell your friends. The uh, podcast is available on all the uh, medias that are out there, so feel free to uh, get us Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast at. Apple you, Podcasts. You can go and check it out beans. there. Yeah, we got them everywhere. He's Chris Cox. That's the coach, Dan Spivey. I'm Tom Carroll. Coming to you from Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. We'll see you at the game on Friday night. Have a good one.